Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. Um, hope everybody had a great week, a great weekend. We're going to talk uh, tech baseball. We'll talk the latest on the Texas Tech basketball coaching search. I'll give you my thoughts on the wild and wooliness of the Final Four. And we'll, we will end with the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. So let's start with um, tech baseball. Obviously, um, a very frustrating weekend overall for Tech Baseball. They get swept in Austin uh, against the Shorthorns. Um, very frustrating, especially after last week taking two out of three against Oklahoma State, who um, has been kind of the preseason favorite to win the Big 12. You, you thought that you would uh, at least be able to take one, if not maybe two, in Austin. And you came close. I mean, you had two. Texas had two walk-off wins on Saturday and then today, you know, they go another way. You're, you're, you're looking at a, a series win in Austin rather than a sweep. Um, obviously very frustrating. Bottom line, though, the, the, the sky is not falling on this baseball program. I think I've already seen people panicking and saying, well, Tim Tadlock's lost it. It's just it's it's part hilarity, but it's also part sad that people are that dumb. Um, that they really truly think that, you know, this is, we, we are in late March, um, Texas tech baseball teams under Tim Tadlock, they tend to get better as we roll into April into May. And that, and that's by design by Tadlock. That's why Texas tech's been to four college world series under Tim Tadlock. And so, uh, I certainly think that you will probably see that trend continue and I'm not saying this team's gonna definitely gonna go to to Omaha that's obvious number one it's way too early to make that statement but also it you know all that depends on matchups it also depends on you know injuries things like that but I mean this is a very good team you know you had a you had a weekend where you just couldn't finish it you stranded too many people on base and you you had some struggles with you know Texas took took advantage of you and that's why you ended up in the situation you you ended up with 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 getting swept it helps that you took 2 of 3 against Oklahoma State um and certainly it doesn't get any easier you're going to have to you're going to have to face TCU next weekend which they were preseason number two um, behind Oklahoma State. Now they've they've had their struggles. Now they they got a little bit right this weekend, but I mean you're, they played Kansas, which helps. But you know you've got a big challenge. Good news is it's at Dan Law Field, which Texas Tech tends to play better at home than they do on the road. One of the reasons it's important that they get themselves an opportunity to host a regional. It didn't help, by the way, and I'm going to. I'm going to get on my soapbox and I'm going to take a couple swipes at Mr. Josh Holiday, the Oklahoma State quote unquote baseball coach. Um, it did not help that you did not have Brandon Beckel available for this series. You know, there would have been some key innings, obviously, that he could have come in. And do I think you would have won this series if Beckel was there? I, I can't definitively say yes. But, you know, you had Texas won on two walk-off wins. What if you were able to have Beckel in 
for those two games. I, I think there's a very strong likelihood Tech could have at least gotten at least one of those, maybe both of those games. You know, who knows? And so, but, you know, again, Josh Holiday, he's a big vet baby. And that, that whole thing was ridiculous last week. You know, he whined. He came waddling out of the, the dugout and whined at the umpire. And Beckel ends up getting not only ejected, but per Big 12 rules, he's out for four games for chirping at the, you know, he hurt the feelings of the little cowgirls, the Oklahoma State cowgirl baseball team. Um, and I think it, it hurt Tech this weekend for sure. So you you won't have him um, for the midweek coming up against New Mexico, but he will be back for TCU. And I think that does make a difference. You know, Tech, the pitching, um, you've got some pitching issues for sure. You know, and, um, Saturday, you've got Molina. Molina gives you some really good innings. He's your ace. Friday and Sunday, you're still trying to figure out what that's going to look like. And it, it certainly didn't help not having Beckel in there. You know, um, I really hope they can get Bo, Be- Bo Blessy back this season. I have not heard any other information on him, but, you know, he was he was extremely impressive that first weekend. And then, unfortunately, he got injured and we have not seen him since. I think that's a huge, huge loss right now. And again, you're you've got a lot of young arms but you've got a lot of young arms that have to step up. And, and you know, one of the things that I, I did not get to see this weekend series because it was on the Longhorn Network, and I don't have the Longhorn Network, but, you know, observations from previous series um, for this team is what gets you into trouble is when you're when you have all bunch of walks. And my 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 dad was a baseball coach, and I always remember him saying that you know that's what kills you is when you when you start kind of getting in that you know one walk after another and after another, and that's what's killed Tech this year in their losses. And so I think it's extremely important that you know at least they'll have Beckel back. I, I hope to get Bo Blessy back, but you know some of these other pitchers. Um, you got to have some of them step up and, and hopefully emerge like you had towards the end of last year. You know, last year you had a, a bit of a similar situation. You you had really two strong aces and then your Sunday your Sunday pitching was it was it was a crapshoot. It was, you know, you you hoped you were going to be able to do enough and you hoped that your offense was going to be able to do enough to get you a win, and sometimes it it worked out, sometimes it didn't. Um, but by the end of the season, you know, Molina emerged, um, and, you know, he really did gave you some really good quality outings in the Big 12 tournament and in the um, regional in Statesboro. And so does that, opt- does that happen again? You know, we'll see. But, you know, the bottom line – Yes, it it is awful to it's awful to lose to UT in anything because their fans are just horrendous, annoying, and they're they are so arrogant and full of themselves. Um, so that's that's awful. But the sky is not falling on this baseball team. I think they're going to be fine. You I think you got a, a good get right midweek game against New Mexico coming up, and then I think you've got a, obviously a great opportunity. Based on the way TCU has been playing as of late, and I'm throwing out the Kansas series because Kansas is just awful in baseball, but I think you have a really great opportunity to take a series 
um, next weekend against them. And that I think that's a huge step in the right direction. So let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk Texas Tech basketball and specifically the Texas Tech basketball coaching search. The big story this week is that according to all reports, Grant McCaslin, the head coach of North Texas, is the leading candidate to uh, to come in and be the new coach. Now, a couple things going on. McCaslin's season at North Texas is not over yet. Uh, they are in the NIT semifinals, and so his his season, win or lose, will will end sometime this week. You know, um, I will be honest with you. When I heard the reports of McCaslin emerging as a candidate. I was a little bit disappointed because, you know, I, I am kind of I have well, not kind of I have been in the camp of I want tech to take a big swing at a big coaching candidate. And, and by big coaching candidate, I mean a current power five conference coach. Now, Jeff Goodman has tweeted they did take some swings and they missed. I don't know if that's true or not. Jeff Goodman, he's like CNN. He's like fake news half the time. Actually, more than half the time. And so, jury's still out on that. And and also, to be fair, I'm still not convinced that they may or may not be wanting to talk to some coaches that are that were were coaching this week in the NCAA tournament. <clears throat> Jerome Tang. Um, so... We'll kind of see what happens. I, I would say, so again, I was I was a bit underwhelmed by the news of McCaslin when it came out earlier this week. The more research that I've done, I think he would be a solid hire. Um, North Texas, before he got there, their, are, their rankings were in the 300s. That's near the bottom of college basketball division one. And this has been a team he's gotten them to, gotten them to the NCAA tournament. He's gotten them to postseason play. And I know some fans are like, "Well, he's there only in the NIT. What well, we don't want to be in. We don't want an NIT coach." You know, understand? North Texas, they're in a one bid league in Conference USA. If you look at their record, and you you compare their record to the record of you know teams that are in Power 5 conferences, if they were in a Power 5 conference, they probably would have gotten in. And by the way, the Conference USA champions go into the Final Four, the team that beat North Texas, Florida Atlantic. So it's not like they lost to a scrub in their postseason tournament. I think McCaslin, another big concern of, with McCaslin was, well, he's kind of more of the same, you know, just defense, not very good offense. Yes, if you look at the numbers at North Texas, that would certainly seem to be the case. But you look at the history of McCaslin, specifically when he was at Midwestern State and his junior college job, he had a very potent offense back then. And so I think what what his history shows is he knows how to adapt to a style that's going to win games. And so I think the defensive style that he's using – it helps them win a bunch of games in Conference USA. Now, I, I think the big the the big questions I would have if it's McCaslin is number one, who's going to be on the staff? Um, I have heard rumors 
that you know Al Pinkins, who has he's at, he he's been hired at Ole Miss uh, by Beard, but there is apparently some sort of something in his contract that potentially, depending on who the new coach is, if the new coach wants him, he can get out of the Ole Miss contract because. I think I think we can infer if Pinkins has his druthers, he'd love to stay in Lubbock. And and you know Pinkins is a great recruiter. I thought you know really you look at the staff that Adams assembled. It was a good staff. It just you know and we won't get we're not going to rehash the whole Adams stuff, but it just it never came to fruition. And so I I think that would be awesome if somehow Al Pinkins could come back. Uh, you know Barrett Peary. There's been a lot of a chatter, and it's just Twitter chatter, so I don't know how reliable it is. But there's chatter that you know potentially you could lure him back. I, I don't. I don't think we. Well, I, it's not. All, I, I know we did not fully see um, the potential of the offense that Barrett Peary was trying to install, and so that could be certainly, I think, a very interesting hire. Um, you know, so that. That'll be interesting to see if it's McCaslin who is on his coaching staff. And then obviously at that point, you know, we can kind of start the speculation of who's going to come back and who won't. You you currently have uh, four um, Red Raiders in the transfer portal. Um, I think no matter what, AMAC is gone. I don't, I don't see him coming back. The I don't think KJ Allen probably comes back either. Um, and I wish them both the best, you know. This is the world of college basketball that we live in where you have this transfer portal and, you know, players have the opportunity to go elsewhere and you got, you have to have a coach that can handle that. And, you know, you look at, you know, Jim Laranega, an older coach at Miami, they are the, they are the poster child for handling NIL and handling transfer portal and that's why they're in the final four. And so if your teams, if your team looking on the outside looking in, you're not in the final four this week, that's who you want to emulate is Miami and what they've been able to do with NIL and with transfer portal. Um, so um, getting back to the tra- the Red Raiders and the transfer portal. So I don't expect AMAC or KJ Allen to come back. Um, Jennings. I think there is, a, depending on who's hired, and I've heard there is a family connection with Jennings and McCaslin. I think you could potentially get Jennings to come back. And then you you did have Elijah Fisher enter the portal this week. I think that's another one. It just depends. Um, I think I, I would put those two at 50-50, depending on what happens. So should be, I, I do think you will get a coaching hire this week uh, for Tech Basketball because I think as far as any of the candidates besides McCaslin that you could potentially be talking to, their seasons are over. And I think, you know, McCaslin, I think they play on Tuesday in the semifinal. And if they win Thursday, well, you know, if they, if they, even if they win the whole thing, I think by Friday, you might potentially start to get some rumblings. If they lose Tuesday, I think Wednesday, Thursday, you could start to, you might even have an official announcement. So um, this is a program that I think can rebuild very quickly. And because of the transfer, look at what Kansas State did. Kansas State was the last place Big 12 team last year. 
and they got themselves to the Elite Eight and almost got themselves to the Final Four. And so you can rebuild fairly quickly. And despite what people may tell you, Texas Tech is a really good basketball job. I would honestly put it at number two in the Big 12 overall. Now, you know, Kansas probably above and beyond is probably the best job in the Big 12. But you look at the facilities and the willingness to spend the money on facilities when things are rocking and rolling, the fan base, um, and then the NIL collective that you have at Texas Tech, you have a great situation here. And I certainly think you have an opportunity to get this thing rebuilt even into next year if if you make the right hire and you make the right decisions. So that's going to be bear uh, watching. Should be interesting to see what happens there. So, all right, let's. Uh, I'm going to end with a little bit of just talk on the whole uh, NCAA tournament, the Final Four, things like that. Uh, who had this Final Four? <laughs> yeah, nobody should be raising their hand because yeah, I, the clo- Kansas State was the closest I got to a Final Four team. They got to the Elite Eight, but beyond that, it was a bloodbath for my bracket. And so you're going to have Florida Atlantic taking on San Diego State. And then in the other matchup, you're going to have UConn and Miami. I I have not watched a lot of the NCAA tournament this year, just because Tech's not in it. I'll just be honest. If I had to lean right now, I think it's UConn's to lose. UConn is, has been the team that has looked the most dominant. Now, I really think that UConn Miami game could be a really fun, fun one to watch. That Miami team, they've they've assembled a great team, um, and so that's going to be interesting to watch. And then, I mean, the other bracket, we are going to have either a San Diego State team, currently a Mountain West, future Pac-12, who knows, um, taking on Florida Atlantic, a Conference USA school, future AAC school in the other bracket. Um, yeah, wild. And by the way, Florida Atlantic, you do have a tech player on that team, Vlad Golden. So I, I'm kind of leaning towards rooting for them. Uh, you know, uh, that'd be fun for, for Vlad Golden to get a, get a championship. But I, I really think just based, based on how they have played overall in the tournament, I don't, I don't think you can go against UConn right now. They are really playing, you know, on all cylinders. So. Um, just a quick, I do want to make like a quick little comment on a report, um, that I saw today about Fresno state to the big 12. I, I'm real dubious on that report. Yes. I think it's very clear that the big 12 wants to expand to the Pacific time zone, but I don't think the big 12 is in a desperation mode to expand to the Pacific time zone. I think you can wait out the demise of the Pac-12 and then you can scoop up an Arizona, uh, potentially an Arizona state, you know, and, and, and bring them in. Um, not, I'm not a fan of bringing in a Fresno um, or a San Diego state for that matter. I, I think you can do better. So kind of stay tuned, you know, but he is he is barely a little over six months on the job now, almost almost eight months now, because uh, he started in last August. 
Brett Yarmark has been amazing as commissioner, and it it frustrates you number one because you think to you think back to the you know the Dan Beebe and then the Bob Bowlesby years, and you're like, this guy in in like almost eight months has built the Big Twelve up as this brand without and a brand without Texas and Oklahoma. You're gonna get a raise on TV money, even though you're losing Texas and Oklahoma. What the heck were the other Big Twelve commissioners doing? Um, I mean, I just can you imagine, like if if Brit Brit Yormark was commissioner back in like 2010 when all this conference realignment started? Could you have potentially have kept Nebraska or Missouri or Texas A and M? Or Colorado, um, I mean, heck, I would throw. I would. I would have been fine throwing out Texas then, and ke- and you know, you get to keep these other four teams. You could have added in TCU then, and you would have had a pretty solid conference. Um, you you wouldn't be in a three hole that you're in right now. Um, but you know, past is past. But Brett Yormark, I mean. You, it's been amazing what he's doing, and I really think he's on to something, wanting to differentiate and wanting to tap in to revenue from basketball. And I, I do think you, you could certainly potentially see some basketball-only schools coming to the Big 12. So, all right, we are going to go ahead, and I'm actually going to do my tip of the week now, and then we'll, we'll go ahead and end, end the broadcast um, now, but um, so it's time for the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. Um, so my tip of the week is going to deal with springtime. Springtime is coming. Shorts weather is almost here. If you live in West Texas, it's it's been. I mean, we're it's been fake spring. You know, we've had spring like weather, and then you know, cold comes back. I think it's finally. Maybe starting to warm up this week, knock on wood. Um, but get out and enjoy the sun. I mean, vitamin D is always good for you people. Get out and enjoy it. Take time to stop and smell the flowers. I love spring. Springtime is, is most definitely my favorite season of of the year. Um, and take time and enjoy it. So I will be back with you next week. And I really, truly think we're going to ha- see an announcement of a new Texas Tech basketball coach before you hear from me again. So I hope everybody has a great week, and I will see you next time for The Chris Carpenter Show. <laughs>